Good morning. You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official untapped podcast. Your weekly look into what's happening in the untapped community and the world of beer. I'm John, and I'm really pumped to drink these two great beers with Harrison and all of you today. We've heard your requests about food and beer, and we've jumped right to the sweetest thing we could find coming up soon. And I'm still Harrison, and I'm, I'm pretty jacked up on donuts right now. A little foreshadowing there. Maybe uh, you know, more so than, than most days, too. It's definitely been like a three-donut day so far, for sure, with more to come. But before that, as a reminder, Drinking Socially is released every other Wednesday morning and can be found at podcast.untapped.com. Or wherever you listen to podcasts, quite literally, uh, I think we had a user request and added it to Stitcher over the weekend. So hopefully more of you can find it. It's there now, yeah. And now to the good stuff. Let's do it. Let's dive right in. Um, We're starting with uh, a beer I guess Harris and I are a little bit late to get our hands on. But this one is uh, literally called Franny's Farmhouse. It comes to us from Bramari Brewing. Uh, local Carolina brewery, and there's a pretty cool story behind it. I'm going to get to it after this, mm-hmm. uh, my favorite part. Oh, there it is. That's the one. Every time. That's why I always have beer on my MacBook. <laughs> it just jumps right out of there. This guy right here, the spec, the spec sheet, um, it's, uh, again, comes to us from Bramari Brewing out of Asheville. Uh, it's a farmhouse IPA brewed with hemp. Locally grown yeah. hemp. Um, there's a couple collaborators on this one as well. Um, aside from Franny's Farmhouse, uh, delivering the hemp, Listerman Brewing Company, and White Labs. Um, I presumably did a, brought the yeast for this mm-hmm. beer. Um, it's a 5.5 ABV, 37 IBUs on the bitterness scale. And the notes tell us it's a farmhouse IPA infused with hemp. We've already covered that, and we're pretty excited <laughs> to try it. Mm-hmm. Idaho 7 and Comet nice. Hops. Uh, that'll be the first time we've had Comet Hops yeah. on this uh, right. season two. Mm-hmm. Brooding collaboration with Listerman, White Labs, and Franny's Pharmacy. Um, Franny's actually a North Carolina's first female hemp farmer cool stuff and um this has been checked in i believe still five times already into august it was initially right. released on april 20th or as most of us know at 420 for a rather large festival so let me stop talking let me pour Let's this beer it. so harrison can have a Let's sip do it. I'm, I'm drooling oh yeah looking good all right Looking nice, looking tasty. Yeah, I'm pumped to check this thing out. That's definitely become a trend we're seeing is, you know, hemp-infused beers and all that jazz with hemp and CBD oil really kind of coming to its own. So pours nice kind of straw-colored. It's a bit hazy, nice fluffy white head. Ooh. Oh, man, it smells great. There's some dankness, dankity dank, dank, dank. grass, dank grass pine. Mm. It's also a cool band mm. name. Yeah, great band name. <laughs> mm. Ooh. Oh, this thing's got some punch to it. Mm-hmm. Again, I know we're drinking it a little bit after the 420 celebration. Right, that is when it's released, but this still is great. Lots of tons of flavor to it. Bitterness definitely probably dropped off a bit, but that dankness, which is like what the 
most of these hemp beers have in common, definitely present you right away in the nose and probably complemented a bit from the Comet hops. I mean, that described as, you know, having, they're known to have, you know, like hints of kind of dank citrus and grapefruit, tropical fruit stuff. Definitely a dank character. Dank is a commonly used characteristic when describing Comet hops, which I believe originally used to be like a wild hop. And it's been around for a while. Comet has since like the 60s, but not as alpha acid rich as a lot of the hops that I've kind of taken over uh, when talking about bittering hops. But coming back into play now, I've seen actually a lot of it recently. So cool, cool to have it here. One huge benefit to being the podcast host for Untapped is my own friends list has grown, <laughs> maybe yeah. not by half yet, but I've definitely have appreciated getting the ads from some of you guys and girls listening. Um, I always try and check and see what some of my friends uh, or if any of my friends have had this beer. Uh, the winner for this particular one for me is uh, Rob Brink. Uh, he's actually a developer for us mm-hmm. at Untapped. He's checked into this a few times, and I believe he's actually checked into it on the 420 date. Congrats Boom. to you, Rob, out Boom. in Asheville. Um, also see a couple other people um, getting their hands on it at Bramari. Um, I'm probably going to say that wrong at least one or two times. <laughs> I think I just did. <laughs> but uh, see a couple. It's always nice to see what some of my friends have drank it. Um, always cool to see, uh, you know, just kind of get their opinion on it. And then, of course, we'll always go to the global check-ins harrison you said uh five times this month it's been checked in what's the overall on this one 161 total for 158 uniques uh or 56 rather or no 58 that's 58 man the hemp is kicking right in just kidding folks (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah 158 so um i mean definitely a limited release uh, you know, only did one batch of it. And I think they said they put five pounds of kind of hemp material in this. And I think they have like a 30, 20 or 30 barrel brew house. So solid stuff. Great can art too. Really kind of beautiful. Look, look it up on a tab to like uh, kind of just looks like rolling hills of hemp on the right in the Nashville mountains there with the sun behind it. Um, that's great. But yeah, I mean... Again, these these beers have definitely kind of taken off. Great compliment, like you know, hemp is that dankness of it. Some of them you open up and it like fills the whole room with that kind of dank, dankity dankness, that smell. We kind of look for the two two looks for the 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 five zero and make sure you're in the clear. And remember, <laughs> this is just a beer. This is all this is all okay now. Um, but uh, but yeah, love it. I think it's great. I know a lot, um, a, lot, a lot of us, I would assume, I know myself, I uh, remember New Belgium's Hemperer, mm-hmm. um, Lagunitas 420, uh, Sweetwater does a G13, G13 beer named yeah. after the elusive, yep. uh, not, sure. <laughs> not the government summit. Uh, <laughs> North Carolina, not a state where uh, legal weed has happened yet, but hemp is uh, growing in farm industry for the state now. Um, and honestly, Harrison, what's your... Uh, uh, your unprofessional opinion is it is it going to be very long before we start seeing uh, weed as a dry hop um, in some commercial beers, and is it going to be possible? Right, sure, great question. So, and I'll share. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let's see. Here we go. <laughs> the tangents abound. Let's try to reel it all in. Yes, absolutely. So the obviously the difficulty is it's weed is not 
federally legal. So if you're a big brewery and just distribute to other states, it may be legal there, but not legal to send it elsewhere. So logistically, you kind of run into some issues that you know may and probably will change based on how many states is actually is legal. And now, um, but what I was going to maybe giggle or laugh is that there, I'm going to I'm not going to name the brewery, but in a state where uh, weed is now legal, way before it was, there was rumor that. A certain well-known brewery that distributes probably the 30-plus states put in their flagship IPA. They put a boatload of marijuana in it and bottled it, sent it out, didn't tell anybody. And that was probably like 10 years ago (laughs) and kind of just sat back and, you know, snuck one over on the whole (laughs) – their whole fan base. Um, But um, in terms of – so the tricky thing about – you know, <laughs> this is that uh, THC is fat soluble, not water soluble. So I don't know how much it would actually like the psychoactive components would transfer into beer, which is of course mostly water. So I'm sure you could find a way to do it. I don't know how my, off the top of my head, but um, so I'd be curious to see the end game there. It'd probably be pretty expensive though. It'd be dry hopping with marijuana. Although, you know, hops aren't cheap either. So I don't know really the margins there, but it'll, I'm sure it'll happen. I, there have been breweries have dabbled with it, uh, I think, in Colorado and some other places already. So um sure more of it's to come. And so far it's been the hemp side of it, which is the you know, non-on, a psychoactive kind of what, cousin to? Yeah, I, 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 hops. I believe most people would say right. hops and uh, 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 marijuana are cousins, um, and uh, I think hemp can get thrown in there as well. Whenever I, my mom would ask me about it, it was always hemp. I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Sure, she's Great. not a subscriber. No, That's no, nope, exactly right. Just making my own hemp protein. Just holding it for a friend would be a great beer name. <laughs> Um, right, but and this, this beer, honestly, uh, there's been there's been beers, there's been IPAs that I've drank that have that have come away with more of an olfactory draw to that first time your friend let you uh, in on his secret. <laughs> right, listen um, to some rush in the yeah. back of the truck. <laughs> This yeah, this sure. beer doesn't 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 pull me to that like New Belgium hemper where somebody just poured a, a pint and now all of a sudden everybody's kind of looking around. Mm-hmm. The Grateful Dead starts playing somewhere somehow. Yeah, it's it's. But I will say the kind of the aspect of this that is unique and different to any other beer that's used hemp before. From my experience, is that it's a, like a farmhouse IPA. So there is like a little bit of that Belgiany characteristic that in a lot of IPAs plays right into the citrus from the hops and. Kind of almost gets lost in the shovel as we're sitting here now. It definitely does have like that kind of kind of like bitter orange thing happening. Uh, you do get from certain yeasts, and we couldn't. So this is a collaboration right, with Listerman's as well, which is another brewery, and then um, with uh, with White Labs, which is so they have two breweries, but they're most well known for selling yeast. And like who when I was a brewer, we bought most of our yeast from White Labs, and. They have two breweries, one in Asheville, which makes sense for this collaboration, one in San Diego, where they basically just brew beers with their yeast. You can come on in and taste what this yeast tastes like in an IPA versus a stout versus a lager, you know, things like that. So that's a really cool um, experience. And they have two spots that are verified on on tab. So if you're around San Diego or Asheville and want to check out something pretty unique, go into a place that, you know, 
knows yeast as well as White Labs does and seeing what they do with it and trying some flights of that feature those yeasts. Right now, the one in Nashville has five uh, Quebec or four, I think, Quebec IPAs. So nice. There's a shout just out in there. Step and step with the trends. If you remember a couple episodes ago, we talked about those. So, um, so anyway, something different. Uh, but yeah, they did. A, they collaborated with this as well. So lots of cool stuff going on. But this is great. I mean, this is you know taking a step back. I could drink this all day. It definitely is yeah, easy to drink. Um, but there's a fair amount going on here uh, between the hops and the yeast and Where's the hemp? Yeah, overall ratings on this out of the 160 uh, check-ins, 138 of them were actually rated. And it still carries it is a 3.74, which, I mean, realistically, when I look at something on Untapped, I can I personally consider a 4 to be perfection. And a 3.74 you're gonna like you're gonna have to get a really poor rating for that to affect my uh, opinion of your beer i always value my taste i look at what my friends are rating it um sometimes just to just to troll them in their own check-ins <laughs> um or uh, you know, a few if i see that harrison uh rated a beer a certain way honestly i'm usually gonna look at what did he write about that beer right um, and most most, most of the time, time most just, of the time it's comical, right? Or just a picture of my dog asleep in a chair. That's what most of my go through all the pictures of my check ins, and it's like a picture of a Marvel movie I'm watching, or a picture of a dog. That's ninety five percent of them <laughs> with some kind of emoji of fruit, and that's that's it. That's <laughs> that's how I move move through Untapped. Shapes and figures. All right. That's, I, I think uh, the subjective part about a rating is that if there if there's really a value, you know, we, we expect a, a brewery to be able to take some value away from a thousand different opinions, of sure. course. But you know, for for us, the untapped uh, drinkers, uh, most of the time, I'm using it. You know, it was the first time I checked into an IPA, I'm pretty sure if I could scroll back that far, I would say, not for me, not an IPA fan. And then, you right. know, you get a couple of more, you trickle in, and then you realize you are an IPA fan, um, and eventually you find your favorites. Um, but ultimately, I think uh, for me, I try and also, I love to compare what my friends uh, have thought. And, and again, a huge benefit now is that I'm starting to get untapped friends from all over the world. Sometimes people I've never even drank with before, but it's still really cool to see, you know, what, uh, do I have a friend overseas that have had that has had this uh, really small beer? That's re- I, I like to pull data like that and uh, just see what what you guys are thinking of it as well. Oh yeah, it's it's cool, I definitely. And this one again, super limited, so really don't see much check ins overall outside of North Carolina. But if you get your chance to get your hands on it or trade for it or what have you, pretty cool indeed. And definitely, uh, yeah, in step with the trends right now we're seeing. I'm sure there'll be. Plenty more of these beers and maybe some more fun, similar ingredients in the near future if they're not out there already. One uh, additional piece, since this is a collaboration beer that uh, I I had to learn actually working at Untapped. Mm -hmm. Um, So Bramari is listed as the brewer, and then it's a collaboration with Listerman and White Labs and, and Franny's. Uh, is listed on the can, but since Franny's is a, is a hemp farm and pharmacy, uh, they don't actually brew beer. So on Untapped, we can't give them a credit for being a collaborating brewery. Mm-hmm. But generally, you'll see this pretty frequently. The brewery here listed as uh, Bramari 
that's the place where the beer was actually uh, brewed, fermented, mm-hmm. bottled, canned. And then the collaborators, of course, you know, they sometimes it's collaborating. Maybe we were fortunate enough and someone peeled all the oranges for us. That'd be, right. that'd be you get a collaborating oh, credit. Right. Uh, how, how does that, like, in your uh, uh-huh. in, in your background, Harrison, <laughs> when you guys would collaborate uh, with a brewery, is there is there, like, a general SO standard operating procedure for that? Or is it sometimes they're just you know, bring in the fire and they're up earlier than I am and we're all mashing in together and some of them are more just they brought donuts and that's pretty fun too. Right. We did a great one. I may have told this story already. Stop me if I have, John. Maybe not on the podcast, but um, but so, yeah, I did a Philly Beer Week probably four years ago. Neshaminy Creek brewed a collaboration with Against the Grain out of Kentucky. They're fun guys too. They're hilarious. Yeah, they're really cool dudes. Um, and yeah, they were so, and we, so what we did is we brewed, I believe I'm right. We brewed 60 barrels worth, I mean, it might've just been 30. I'm going to say it was 60. Anyway, I would too. Yeah. Anyway, a fair amount of a quad. It was like a, a Belgian quad, uh, that we were going to, um, basically, uh, condition with, uh, oh man. So with like, I think it was cherries and bitters and bitter orange peels, basically try to make, a beer version of an old fashioned. As soon as you said cherries and right. orange, my ears right. perked out. Exactly. Yeah. I know, John. Right, exactly. So, a, a, a beverage when we're not drinking beer, John and I both enjoy uh, old fashions. Who, how could you not? But um, so, I made that with them, and that was uh, really cool for a couple of reasons. First up, it was a so. I think it came out to be. I can look it up without. I'm wondering. Pretty boozy as. Um, as you know, all or you know, most quads are. I think it was at least easily ten, if not you know, around there, percent. Um, it was called Four Corners Quad. I'm trying to look it up right now. To okay, cool. Yeah, so Four Corners Quad, um, ten and a half percent, and it was great. But to make a beer that big, um, you have to obviously use a lot of grain, and we had a 15 barrel brew house, so basically. Usually when you mash in in the morning, when we get there, it'd take like 20 minutes if you're making an IPA or even a double IPA, anything. It was like 20 minutes of mashing in, and we mashed in with a wooden paddle that uh, you had to use. You, we mashed we mashed in. A lot of the brew houses nowadays have like metal rakes. You flip a switch, it spins all the grain for you. and you can, It's a lot like when my dad told me about going to school. <laughs> barefoot, uphill, both ways in the snow. So, so anyway, none of that there. It was all by hand at 6 in the morning, and you were dying. This beer took an hour and a half just to mash it in. It had so much grain, it filled all the way to the top. And we had to tag team the second time we brewed it. So we did a double batch of it. It might have just been 30 barrels anyway. Um, and we had to tag team out because the shift that was finishing it was like done with their day. And the next guys were coming in to pick up the afternoon shift. So that's when I came in, actually. I did the second half of the beer. And they're really cool. So yeah, you're hanging out. I mean, after you mash in, you know, in a brewery, there's the brew house is a lot of the work through pumps and stuff, but yeah, they were there on the brew house, hanging out, talking, having fun at a lot of events. That was the one I was actually hands-on involved in. So it ended with two versions of that beer, the four corners quad, which is a straight up Belgian quad that had um, some really cool just elements to it. And then bourbon, we bourbon barrel aged a lot of it in Buffalo trace barrels as well. And released the four quad bourbon barrel aged four quads, which was uh, a monster. So yeah, so that was cool too. And they were from Kentucky. So they kind of brought the Buffalo trace barrels with them. And I believe they were wet pretty much. Like they came 
from Buffalo Trace Distilling, and like they emptied them out, bottled all the bourbon, and sent it right away. And we filled out like the next day, so you know we didn't have to do any cleaning or whatever of sanitizing those barrels because it was just you open them up and it just filled the whole room with bourbon um so plenty sanitized uh before uh without us having to do anything at all but that was yeah a really cool experience to brew that if exhausting but yeah so that's what it is a lot of the time it's if you go to someone else's brew house you're not you don't really get up in there it's kind of like driving another man's car i don't know like you just you don't don't really do that you kind of sit in the passenger seat and let them <laughs> control the radio because it's another man's car. That's like it was, you know, we kind of, they came to us and it was great. And we did, you know, we just did another brew day just like we usually do. And, um, you know, yeah, it was a rye whiskey barrel aged Belgian salad quad that we brewed. That was the, we use rye whiskey barrels with the, uh, and it's called the barrel age for corners quad. So, uh, yeah, other collabs are less intense, you know, you go over there, hang out, have some fun. Um, but a lot of the times the collaboration really comes before the brew day where you're talking back and forth. With the other brewery, what do you want to make? Cool. We have this ingredients. We can bring these hops. We can let's use this grain. Let's feature this, you know, malt house, and then you do something much like this one. We really partnered up with Franny's uh, Pharmacy. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're fun. They're great, and um, I you know I, I love seeing them. Love being a part of them. Um, that's a really cool thing about this whole community is that brewers. Uh, they're really it's ninety nine percent jerk free is what we the PG version what we used to say about this industry. Everyone is pretty cool. So drinking friends or drinking beers with friends and hanging out and making beer. It's uh, yeah. I don't know why I'm overselling it. It's pretty good time. <laughs> Everybody everybody's just aiming to collaborate with their. Can I mash in now with the wood? Right. Panel? Yeah. It really wasn't that. No one wanted to do that. Uh, no one. It's no just one. The, how red in the face everyone was and exhausted. I'll never forget that walking in and being like, "Hey, why is he?" mashing in my beer and he's been doing it for 45 minutes already all right Hope well i'm glad i'm glad he's doing that <laughs> glad i'll dig over now oh man but yeah great day all that fun being said yeah i think it's time for number two. Oh, what do we um, got here harrison that's right this one's on you that's right um, here we go here we go Ooh. oh yes i can see already so it's dark Beer number two, Happy to Donut from Ren House Brewing Company. So this is labeled as an imperial or a double oatmeal stout, clocking in at 9% ABV. And basically the story behind it is Happy Donut was some kind of like predictive text error. So we're probably trying to say something else to That's someone crazy. and came out as Happy to Donut and... It was inspiration to make this beer that uses um, a couple of different things besides traditional ingredients, one of them being a show chocolate uh, cacao nibs from Ghana and some huge Madagascar vanilla beans are popped in here. And um, it really kind of the result is a rich and decadent stout akin to a chocolate donut. So we're going to drink this. And as I alluded to in the beginning... We have some we have some uh, tapas, if you will, <laughs> donut tapas uh, <laughs> to enjoy with this too. Grateful to prepare. You'll right. see it in the photograph sure. if you check us out on like Untapped Instagram. Um, we've got honestly. Um, I think I mentioned initially I'm a diabetic. This is a challenge. <laughs> um, right. We've got donuts with M and M's, donuts with fruit, fruit loops. Fruit loops. We've got donuts filled with cream and covered in sprinkles <laughs> and glaze. It's a right. 
it's, uh, uh, responsibly, we've cut them into segments so that uh, Harrison and I can enjoy. We're going to try really hard not to chew in your ear. Right into the mic. Mm-hmm. Um, really hard try not to do that. But, um, you know, we heard there's been great feedback and something that Harrison and I can easily add passion to is mm-hmm. eating. Oh, yeah. That's what we're doing when we're not drinking. Love it. Big and fan. this beer, uh, even if it was a predictive T9 typo, um, has donut in the name, and I think it's going to lend itself really well to eating a donut and pairing it. Typically with a stout, uh, I, I would if you ever ask me what's a good dessert beer, I'm going to lean on a high ABV stout. If anything, it's going to put you to sleep after your meal. Sure. And, yeah, all right, let's dive into this. Ooh, man. Oh, that God, that good. smells so good. <laughs> it, I've never – this is my first Renhouse beer, and I'm yes, really excited. Yes. Uh, I hear great things about them uh, in Arizona, and I've never seen anything from show chocolate, or if I'm pronouncing this, T-C-H-O. Uh, they're essentially a, a craft chocolatier. They uh, have set up a couple of labs which will allow uh, chocolate bean farmers to – process that into chocolate bars and and a lot of times a chocolate farmer you don't you just send your beans away they right. they're not really yeah. good right. you send them away you get a check hopefully right. and this uh, and then hershey's <laughs> makes it into a bar right. the the what show is doing is actually allowing people farmers to taste their chocolate in a bar um, which I think is really cool. Um, ch- chocolate's one of my favorite. It should, it should have <laughs> it its own be, group. Chocolate's it, delicious. Right, it shouldn't be, John, but it's Well, great. fair. You're not my doctor. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> this, this beer smells so uh, – there's a deep, dark mm-hmm. chocolate yeah, going on exactly. in there. The smell of this alone mm-hmm. is, is amazing. That is exciting. And like a, like a sharp little licorice note, but it's it tastes um, it's great. It's holy cow. Yep. There's it's oh yep. It slows me right down. <laughs> exactly. What was the ABV on this guy? Yeah, nine, nine, nine. Nine. It'll catch up in a minute sure. when we're going over the next segment. But right, right now, right now, it's sort of just destroy it. This is great, and it's actually not like a crazy heavy mouthfeel at all. Really smooth. Um, but yeah, dark is pour super black, nice kind of tan ish brown head on it. Some great lacing running around the glass as I kind of rock it back and forth. Yeah, taste flavor wise, boom, chocolate, like baker's chocolate, that kind of like bittersweet right in the front. And then very smooth finish to like a deeper, oh man. Um, yeah, like a, almost like a ganache or something. There's different levels of chocolate happening in this, um, which is really, really great, man. I was fortunate enough to watch a, uh, a public access show where they covered the difference between natural cocoa and Dutch cocoa. And I learned a lot that I quickly forgot. I learned that (laughs) Dutch cocoa is the favorite. There's a process, a chemical process that happens, mm-hmm. which essentially is supposed to allow you to taste more of the cocoa. Um, I'm paraphrasing and leaving out some key elements. Um, but I think everybody, maybe most people at one point have grabbed a spoonful of baking cocoa, mm-hmm. right? And you thought you're getting away with something. <laughs> it's like a brownie I didn't have to make. And immediately you were full of regret as right. you put that uh, baking cocoa into your mouth. 
But of course, that largely uh, is how we get the sweet deliciousness of a chocolate ganache, of a uh, of a well-made brownie, or even is there such a thing as a not well-made <laughs> brownie? brownie? As no. soon as you get the batter complete, it's a well-made right, brownie. It's done. That's it. Um, but this this uh, this beer, mm. uh, true to its uh, inception, gives you that bitterness from the chocolate. Um, and then finds a way a lot of times I don't get this in a, in a chocolatey stout, but this definitely finds a way to trick me or remind me of, of the sweet chocolate glaze on a donut, which I'm about to enjoy, uh, as an accompaniment to this beer. Yeah. Awesome. And there is, as it kind of warms up a little bit in the glass and the room, all that good stuff, the final, it's like, it goes kind of bigger chocolate, dark chocolate, and then pop of vanilla right at the end from the vanilla bean i'm imagining but um yeah this is uh it's awesome yeah a little bit of vanilla happening in there it's going i just had like a i had some kind of bavarian cream donut while i was eating this right now which is tasting great um but yeah this is awesome been checked in 1064 times um 994 uniques 13 this month you can easily sit on this thing for a while uh, obviously and we can talk about that a different episode about cellaring beers and when, yeah. Let me know when we're doing that, and, right? We, and maybe we'll probably pull some, maybe pull some stuff out of our cellars and talk about what to sit on and when and how that whole thing works. And because uh, definitely with the prevalence of cans, this is a sixteen ounce can we're enjoying this from today. It makes it can make that a lot easier, but it also sometimes presents other challenges that uh, bottled beer don't. So more than happy to. We're going to dive into that if there's some interest. We probably, we'll probably just do it as an excuse to, as it gets a little bit colder out, pull some stouts out of the cellar. And the, I think the hardest part about cellaring beers is knowing when to <laughs> right. stop cellaring them. Right, right. Um, or maybe telling your significant other that, I, yes, I still need that cabinet and most right. of the closet to hold those exactly. old beers. Don't move that. No, I know I One day they're going to come in handy. Right. Exactly. Looks like a spider farm, but it's not. I swear it's for a rainy day. And then a lot of the beers that uh, that I've, and I'm sure most of uh, you folks listening, uh, cellaring, I, I was looking for cork and cage 750 mil mm. bottles, and they were mm. beautiful and expensive and almost an investment because I knew that I was going to drink one and I was going to sit on one for a year or two. Now it's getting in on three or four <laughs> years. They've been through some hurricanes with me. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's so hard. When do you crack open? That's a lot of beer. I was actually just talking about this in the Facebook group. It's a great opportunity uh, if you're at the point where your seller is consuming you. Um, open it up, pour yourself a nice pint, share it with anybody that's close to you, and cook with it. You know, do a, a like, especially as we get into the colder weather, do some like uh, rustic French beef stew or yeah. mix it into your own brownies. Um, uh, all uh, good <laughs> night, right there. Brownies, stew, and and, and beer. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why this is more of a food-centered podcast. Right. Well, the beer is helping, one. but <laughs> uh, but yeah, crack crack open uh, a cellar. If you guys if you guys uh, have cellar beers, um, I think it's a good idea, Harrison. We're improving this, but sure. I think uh, maybe coming up soon, we should just drink some of our own cellar beers and talk about them. Yeah, yeah, I know they're hitting. My, I smartly, or maybe not so much, put a couch in front of all the cabinets that had all my has all my beer in it so i can't i'm not tempted every night to throw one in the fridge for a bit and then drink it later so 
Yeah, they're there just sitting, waiting. We could do a couple of verticals of some things. I have a couple different. Now we're getting into it. You know, beers we could do that with. Yeah, we'll put something together. Have a have a jolly old time. Just get a whole box of donuts and go through. Some <laughs> it turns out donuts pair with every beer. Uh, that was one Surprise. thing that I forgot right. uh, to mention. Right. Uh, in a, in a, a point of fact, I did just consume a rather large bite of a donut that was covered in M and M's and chocolate chips yeah. and peanut butter. It's, I'm, I'm sure at you're getting point, disgusted right. at this point. Um, Is this a donut? The donut point? was amazing. It was a meal, and when I came back to the beer, as you would expect, you know, my mouth is still run amok with sweet right. donut juice. Um, <laughs> but I come in and I grab this beer again, and instantly it tastes like i get so much more of the sweet i get the vanilla uh the the beer tastes so different um the donut didn't essentially cleanse my palate but i'm going to argue it uh, influenced it sure and it, it's just opening up big time I and mean, i'm getting like way more sweet notes more donut notes this was canned on February 28th, and it's now, what, August? Six months ago? Six, so, almost. Yeah, so, five, six. Um, yeah, so great, awesome. Um, you know, that's a, I, I like to, that's actually like right in my window. I like to sit on a stout that's 9% or more for like, usually I'll have one for, you know, hot, but sit on it for like five, six months and then check it out again and then maybe check it out. Six months after that, if I can, if I've, if, that I, if I'm fortunate enough, right? Exactly. But uh, man, this is yes. Now I'm getting like roasty notes, just like a, it's like roast vanilla, popping in right at the end there. Vanilla's really coming through now. That's great. It smells like the end of a very good meal, right? Exactly. When it's, it's like it smells like five minutes before someone says cigars on the deck, Ooh. and then you're like, oh wow, yep, that's what it smells. like. That's what it tastes like. Quite yeah. elaborate here tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, Donuts bring out the fancy pants in me, John. <laughs> the way to Harrison's heart is clearly donuts. Yeah. Uh, good beer helps. Mm. This is an amazing example of uh, in my head, right? In my head, I would equivalent. I, I would. I would equivalent. Sure. Nope. In my head, I'm making up words. That's great. In my head, I would classify this as a pastry stout, and I don't even think that's a BJCP thing. But right. I've. I know when I see pastry stout, like the the guys like Omnipolo sure. will put those out, and it's I mean it's gluttonous. I don't even we're not going to talk about calories on this podcast ever. No, no, we couldn't. Um, so this is a nine percent can of beer <laughs> that would quench your donut craving, um, and especially Harrison pointed out like as this opens up, uh, we took it out of the fridge probably an hour ago. Yeah. And even after pouring it and just kind of sitting in this uh, tulip glass, warming it up a little with my hand, yeah, uh, in, you, like it's it's transformed just in the short time mm-hmm. we've been drinking it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was taught long ago, to, especially with imperial stouts, just as you drink it, just hold it in your hand and let the kind of your body heat warm it up and uh, see how it changes as as you as it hits as it oxidizes and as it warms up a little bit. Um, so that's what I've been doing is kind of just in this nifty untapped glassware, kind of holding it like a James Bond villain, sipping it on it like a brandy. Automatically, it makes it taste a little <laughs> bit better when you when you hold it like that as well, I believe. Right, think about cigars more, too. At least I'm confident that I won't spill it as well. That's always beneficial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to donut from Ren House. 
um, holds a 4.01 average after 877 ratings. That's impressive. Um, it's only been checked in a little over a thousand times. It's not. Um, it's not that. Uh, that I think Harris and I are trying to only right, drink elusive no. beers. No, no, this keeps happening. Um, <laughs> actually, uh, not to, to foreshadow, but uh, while I'm on the subject yeah. or making my way to the subject. Uh, there was a, a shout out on the Facebook Drinking Socially group. Yeah. Uh, a friend of ours who actually edits this podcast was talking yes. about uh, the possibility of doing some Canadian beers. Right. We're looking uh, into that. I grew up in Buffalo, Canadian right beers, there. Molson and Labatt. Right um, we didn't, <laughs> craft hadn't quite <laughs> happened yet. Uh, um, there's some amazing craft breweries in Canada. You've got your artisanal. Um, kind of French farmhouse breweries that I wouldn't even try and pronounce their names. Um, you've got some uh, bigger celebrate. Canada's got Canada makes great beer, as yeah. does everywhere in the world. The more I look into it, I know it's pretty impressive. But yeah, we're looking into that, bringing into stuff from other countries and around the world. It's obviously a little bit, you know, it can be challenging to get our hands on some of this stuff. Although a lot of the uh, stuff from Canada does make its way down here. But I was, I'm a big fan of the Brasserie uh, Due to Sell. I've had a fair amount of their stuff. And what else? I'm trying to remember. The, the Hill Farmstead of Canada, right. Brasserie Due to Sell. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah, pronounce sell, it yeah. as well as due I can, sell. Hill Farmstead. You're but good. That's all right. It comes as, yeah, sure. No, good. And yeah, I mean, yeah, wow. Um, but yeah, so we're working on that. We're going to just bring a new, different, fun things in here. Um, and appreciate the feedback because yeah, the more obviously the better. And we say that a lot. Haven't said it that much today, but love hearing from you guys on there. social media. We'll probably right, probably jump in the shark just a wee bit. Wow. All right, guys. So I'm sure if you're like me, you want to show off your love for Untapped. You can do that not just by checking in, but by picking up some cool stuff in our online store. Whatever it would be, you know, branded glassware, shirts, sweatshirts, hats, and more. Just put a couple new things in there. If you haven't been in the store in a bit, we just got kind of a facelift. So there's new stuff, different stuff, kind of different layout. Um, and it, uh, all of it is, you know, good to go. And being a podcast listener, if you go to store.untap.com and enter the coupon code podcast at checkout, you get 20% off all of your orders. So it's, the code is podcast store.untapped.com got 20 percent off but there um there's a pretty cool hat i think it already sold out but more than the street is more maybe on the way yeah it was um, uh i i i can vouch that it sold out because i wasn't even able to get <laughs> no, one right we for didn't myself. Yeah, flew out of here but it's on the yeah it's on the uh the store as well as a bunch of other great stuff so grab that get yourself a little discount get something cool for the for whatever there's always some birthday you've forgotten about coming up for some friend be prepared. I, I have like five birthday cards just in my house empty, knowing that I'll need them <laughs> at some point at the 11th hour. Hopefully. <laughs> right. right. Um, so it's good good to be prepared. Uh, but again, that's stored at untap.com. Pop in the coupon code podcast. Save yourself some money and grab some cool stuff. Yeah, we got some cool stuff from the Facebook group, the Social Facebook group. A lot of fun stuff since we checked in here last. It's, what do we got? Yeah, so obviously social media is a thing that exists in the world now. 
um, untapped is going to be part of that. <laughs> and Harrison and I, uh, we maintain most of our social media activity um, on the Facebook group, Drinking Socially. Um, there's been, uh, and, and thank you, it's always great to see we'll get people joining at all hours of the day because um, it's worldwide. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a great opportunity to just to kind of have more of a, of a quick two way conversation than just, uh, uh, talking to you guys. And yeah. I, I love the feedback we get there. Um, currently joining the Facebook group, there's no requirement, but we do ask you to share a story about your first beer and I've gotten a couple of great ones. I'm just going to kind of scroll through some of our favorites and fun. Um, I think we can all kind of the great part about some of these stories, some of them get a little niche, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm going to talk about Alec first. Um, he shares a story about his first beer comes from his grandfather, um, literally sharing a few sips behind his parents back. Um, my, 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 uh, kind of touch point on that is that's exactly my, the first drink that I remember is whiskey from my grandfather yeah. and I never wanted to drink any right. alcohol sure. again until I was about that'll, 16. That'll do it. Uh, but, <laughs> Um, a, a grandfather was easily the most used word in that first beer story. Family member was was common, uh, but grand, grandpa saves the day. Uh, give, give, giving you your first sip. Yep, candy yeah. in his pocket and a whiskey in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Surprises abound. Oh, the holidays are great. That's all. I love that. Um, another great one we got from. Um, I guess I, I'm going to assume a, a little bit younger um, than some of us, but Max out in Cincinnati shared great story. His first beer was during the American 2012 presidential debates, uh, which that was a really tumultuous time. Uh, there, was, <laughs> there was some big debates going on. And his first beer was from Great Lakes out of Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. It was an Edmund Fitzgerald Porter. Great beer. Great Great example of a porter. Um, And he says he loved it and then immediately followed it with a Bud Light. (laughs) And the takeaway was that craft beer is good. I think you, Max, (laughs) um, you definitely bucked the trend. Most of our first beer stories involve Bush. Uh, I've seen Miller Genuine Draft come up a lot. Jenny, Jenny Cream Ale. Yeah, there you go. It it, it was a different time um, (laughs) five years ago, much less 10 or 20 um, the fact that your first one is an Eddie Fitz, uh, as I call I know, him, because we all have beer nicknames. <laughs> For some reason. Uh, <laughs> right, uh, gr- I think it's a great story, and I hope you've continued um, around Cincinnati. Obviously, Rheingeist and yeah. um, platforms from yep. great breweries in Ohio. Yep. Absolutely. I love that story too. And again, great beer. That is the beer for the style. BJCP for American Porter is Edmund Fitzgerald. So yeah, well start, made. Starting well. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. Move. Good luck. Right, uh, good luck going up from there. I know. Right. Um, last one I'm going to share, and I apologize if I get your name, but I'm going to read it as Erwin from Overheist in Belgium, which is a, uh, a municipality outside of Brussels. I know Overheist is a place that's very near a, a favorite bar of mine, Motor Lambic, mm-hmm. um, this uh, near an institution. Irvin right. um, tells us that he got his first beer from his grandfather. In Belgium, you probably say grandfather a little bit differently than maybe us here in the States, but the story is great. 
Um, he tells us he was turning 10 years old. Um, <laughs> and as every 10-year-old boy says, I have double digits now. I'm an adult. I'm a big kid. And his grandfather handed him a Duval. Amazing. Um, which is at least the ABV winner, perhaps. Um, and then, Erwin, you didn't finish the story. You just kind of left us hanging. Grandfather handed him a Duval. And, and do you still drink them? Um, have you moved over to Delirium? Um, how what's did, going on? What's a, what's a, what uh, amazing a Duval drinking 10-year-old? What was right. your lifestyle? He's probably living in fancy jets and apartments and is doing fancy things and getting the box of the rugby match. Who knows? That's a, that right. Again, that's kind of starting at like the top of the top when it comes to classic Belgian beers. That's uh man, man, my warm natty light out of the garbage can <laughs> sounding less and less romantic and more just sad now. <laughs> I, as as we did learn, there's um, I mean, you guys are awesome. Uh, again, thanks thanks to anybody that joins a group. Thanks, especially if you're contributing, asking questions, just or just kind of I, I do it all the time. Just sit back and read what people are talking about. Um, great to see you guys being active on there. What I've learned is that uh, no, not many people have a great first beer story. But at the end of the day, it's more about what beer have you had recently and what beer are you having next and who you're right. drinking it with. Sure. Harrison's got a, a great. Uh, kind of a review on an article or a story, I guess, he's been researching. Yeah. Um, Harrison, take it away, man. I'm excited to hear what you've got on this one. Yeah, we've got some cool updates here from the Brewer Association. So if you don't know, Brewer Association's kind of you know, like the, I guess, governing body, representative body for you know small and independent craft brewers in the United States. And they have tons of data and analytics and, and also great articles. I talk about them a lot on here because I do feel like they are a really great source of information. Always on the ball, the front lines doing a lot of work to really just um, for the consumer, but also for breweries and, the, and people in the industry to make sure they're always on the ball, learning about what trends are happening and what's going on and, and being on top of uh, everything that seems to change all the time when it comes to to craft beer. And so what they do every year is they have like a mid-year kind of survey or analysis they release about, you know, what's growing, what's trending, what's happening, what have they seen? And they just released that for 2019 in July and thought it'd be nice to take a couple minutes just to kind of break down some of the highlights of uh, what they've seen. And overall, from kind of like a um, um, a um, 30,000 foot view, basically people want new things, they want more things. That's kind of how they started out their the review, which makes sense. Nothing new there. People always kind of want to see that next whatever it is. Um, not surprisingly as well, IPA, they're really, it's not slowing down. So I know a couple episodes ago we spoke about kind of the lupulin threshold maybe being met and some IPAs being too crazy poppy to be tolerable. Haven't seen that in the data yet, but Again, um, time will tell. But yeah, it's killing it. Um, the IPAs are of, of all kind of overall variety, so it's not differentiated between New England and uh, American and double and IPAs and all that stuff. Um, but it's really, yeah, not not slowing down at all. Um, what was kind of interesting, though, um, with something else we also t- spoke about, is that some of the lighter styles of beer um, were also growing. So we did a, another, John t- spoke about kind of the lighter 
beer options, how that's definitely something that's trending up. And we see that, I think, right now, um, you know, all-day IPA is one of the trending, if not the top, close to the top in terms of trending beers globally on Untap, which is great. Uh, but they, So when they talk about layer styles, they're referring to American lagers, Blondales, Pilsners, some sours, cream ales. They were five of the top 11 um, styles of in terms of growth, which is great. That being said, to give it kind of some perspective, Imperial IPAs actually outpaced all five of those styles combined. So while you're seeing more people drinking lighter beer options, again, IPA, it's 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 kind of like, you know, throwing rocks at a freight train or something. It's, it's still <laughs> just, just surely we've all been there. <laughs> right. You got nothing to do on a Wednesday. Uh, anyway, um, and um, another cool kind of way to cut these analytics, they saw that beer is with an ABV of more than 7% growing actually the fastest in percentage terms. Um, but not so not just Imperial IPAs, but also barrel-aged beers, triples, you know, Imperial versions of other styles and so on. So while, again, like there is a, I guess there's growth in the lighter beer option, people are not running away from beers that have more calories per se, that are, you know, more alcoholic and uh, Imperial versions or barrel-aged have tons of excuse me, sugars in them that obviously contribute to the calories. So it's still just growing like crazy. But overall, growth is good. It's not slowing down. When looking at craft beers uh, in the States and IPAs are still reign supreme. So it'd be really cool to kind of, we'll revisit this at the end of the year and see, um, you know, what's happening next. But they kind of posited, you know, what's, what is the next style? And we'd love to hear from you guys, you know, through social media, like you mentioned a couple of times before, are you seeing tons of, you know, Quebec yeast popping up nearby? Now we've spoken about that. You see a lot of Quebec IPAs or Pilsners happening. What's going to be kind of like, you know, that style of the fall and winter months. I, I for one hope it's Baltic porters. I love those things. There's kind of like a boozier version of an American or a robust porter. Um, they're great. I'd love to see that, you know, be a thing that, that takes off. So you're always wondering what that next like thing that, has some kind of wheels behind it, some motor behind it is, I don't know yet. Um, but uh, again, that's why you just keep drinking, keep looking on untapped, keep seeing what's getting checked in nearby and follow kind of all the trades. And, um, you know, you'll be able to be as on top of it as we are. But I love that uh, that the Brewers Association does all this stuff um, in, indeed and, and has it all available for people to look at um, here on their actual uh, website, which is dot. Org. And they also have a magazine and stuff, but it's, um, but yeah, really need to see overall growth is great. Obviously you want that to be happening, but, uh, kind of curious about, um, IPA is not surprising, but light beer is great growing as well. Still, still not as much as you'd think. Um, or rather the power of the Imperial IPA, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and yeah, I'm not, uh, not surprised at all about that. And speaking of, of IPAs, I think we have, some more info about that, John. Recently, as you all know, my God, we just had IPA Day. It just happened not a week ago from where we're sitting. Yeah, um, I, I, I was uh, fortunate enough to unlock the badge myself. I think Harrison actually texted me about it to make sure. Uh, it was August 1st, IPA Day is a worldwide badge or celebration um, and this is something we we kind of hope you guys enjoy. We got some pretty cool analytics about this uh, particular badge unlock. Um, beginning with uh, right now on 
August 1st, 2019, there were 113,000 plus individuals that earned the IPA day badge or checked into an ID IPA on that day. Um, and I always like to share this stat cause I, I, I always find it kind of <laughs> it goes the other way. Most people assume untaps a younger person's drinking social media. Um, but the largest majority of our age group, uh, people that earn that badge are between 30 and 40. So, uh, at least they fall in line with me and Harrison and hopefully some of you, um, there obviously there's, you know, there's segments up and down the category, um, but it's always cool to kind of pick the outliers, um, top, uh, the top city earners, Harrison, I think you pulled yeah. those in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, New York City, um, London, Ontario, right? I believe. Uh, right? Uh, London, Ontario, Canada. Right, yeah. Right. And then Chicago um, were the top three cities uh, on that day to grab the, the local uh, local badge itself. And top venues... Ooh, so the Trondheim Brewery Festival in Norway coming in there right at the top. They killed it. Trondheim was like uh, 300% above any other specific location for giving, uh, for earning that That's badge. a great region just for tons of untapped users there in Norway and in, around Trondheim specifically. And then uh, Craft Beer Garden Festival in Helsinki and the Sleepy Whale out in Chandler, Arizona, which we hear about a lot in Untapped. They're trending, they're trending often. So, so I'm, uh, I won't claim to be friends with Justin, but... Um, the Sleepy Whale, the Wandering Tortoise, those those guys carry an amazing beer program out there. Um, uh, it was great to see them make the third place in the list worldwide. It's amazing, Can, behind two day. huge festivals and gigantic <laughs> markets uh, for untapped users. So that's, uh, that's fantastic. And top beers, John, what do we got there? Um, no surprise, Founders All Day. Um, that was the number one beer that people earned the IPA Day badge with. Um, of course, behind that is Lagunitas IPA. Um, that should be no surprise either. We got Goose Island IPA, Brewdog's Punk, Bell's Two Hearted, and then a soft spot for my heart, Sierra Nevada's Hazy Little Thing. Oh, yeah. No, oh, that beer is so great. Um, truly, if you haven't had one of those yet, it's pretty good. Honestly, all the what I think is really cool, all the beers on the top beers are um, uh, our, our stuff that I think most everybody can get their hands on. Right, sure. Um, it's really cool to see that some of these, I mean, Sydney, Australia was, I think, sixth on the most active cities. So, of course, I think it's it's really great to see, um, you know, people all over the world enjoying beers. Yeah, enjoying IPA Day and gra- grabbing that badge. It is an awesome community we are all a part of here that uh, goes farther than, Sometimes you even realize uh, when it comes to the uh, the reach of it. So, all right, cool, great. And for those folks in you know New York and uh, London, Ontario, and Chicago, they they the top cities for my payday. They got a nice head start on what's coming next down the pipe for Untapped. John, what's what's happening again? It's coming back. Really excited about this one. Um, it was probably I don't know maybe one of the most exciting events I think Untapped had ever hosted last year. Um, so those of you that remember, those of you that don't, uh, we're relaunching the seven cities <clears throat> tour. Hoo-yah. Um, this is really cool. It's essentially, um, untapped is going to be hitting the road, right? We're going to go to seven different cities starting in September mm-hmm. 
And the cool part is it's essentially it's up to you guys to decide on the cities. Uh, asterisk. Mm-hmm. Right now, this year, the cities are limited to United States, Canada, and Mexico. Um, I think the plan is that eventually we can scale this thing worldwide. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, currently, the cities in the running are in North America. And essentially, the way to, uh, quote, unquote, nominate your city is simply to check into a beer at a verified venue mm-hmm. in, in the city that you want us to visit. Um, so you check into a beer. We're going to have a live leaderboard. Harris and I are going to link it in the show notes. Yes. Um, but all you, any beer, it has to be a check-in at a verified location. Right, in August, in the month of uh, August. Uh, August 1 through 31, so we're probably about halfway done right now. Um, but uh, the only stipulations are, of course, that it's in North America – and um, if you were, I think, um, I can't, the city's, Harrison, the city's last year, if you can collaborate on this with me, the oh, city's. So we, yeah, so right. So if you won, if you're one of the seven cities last year, I believe it was, oh boy. So I'm pretty sure Char- Charlotte was one of them for sure. I believe Chicago was San Diego. All right. Where else? Um, yes, uh, memory serves you correct. <laughs> Harrison, uh, Chicago, uh, Charlotte, Anaheim, California, Portland, Oregon, Tampa, Florida, Cincinnati, um, and New York City um, all took the most check-ins last year. Yeah, so if you're not in any of those places this year, we're trying to just kind of spread the love and make sure everyone gets a chance to um, to be a part of this. But once the cities are selected... We'll be picking the verified venue with the most unique check-ins uh, from one of those top seven cities at the end of the month, and the winners will be we'll announce them in September. And the the prize, I guess, if we can consider it a prize, um, the founder of Untapped, who still drinks good beer, yeah, um, oh yeah, he maintains his own social media, um, so we just got a camera. Um, but anyways, <laughs> uh, a, a poor shout out to Greg Avola, yeah. who. Uh, at all. came up with this idea, coded untapped himself back when it was just a mobile website mm-hmm. um, and still uh, works more hours than I have in the day right, right. Uh, to keep this thing Somehow. where it is. That's so amazing. Greg, essentially, he did this last year, seven cities, seven days, and he was at a verified venue drinking beers, uh, shaking hands, toasting awesome. check-ins. Right. This year he's going to do it over 10 days. Right. I still Spread think that's a, a little a, bit. It's a, it's a right. lot uh, to kind of drink a bunch of craft beer right. um, seven days in a row, so he's giving sure. himself three kind of breathers to eat a sandwich. But, but will he, though? I'm sure he'll be in an awesome city with awesome beer and want to go check him in and go see the sights. It's going to be 10 days. <laughs> Very Might true. Might as well be 10 days, 10 cities. But, you know, you live and you learn. Uh, but this is, uh, yeah, this is going to be great. And the, some of the events last year, so obviously we're making a big deal about this. So the places that um, they were – the beers that were showing up at some of these events were they were super rare. They're really cool. Like people really pulled out the stops last year at these venues when um, when we when Greg was there, and they looked just like awesome parties. And it's a ton of fun. I mean, I know he talks about it now like it was some kind of you know spring break during college, like that glint in his eye, but also the exhaustion on his face <laughs> kind of says says it all. Um, and you guys can bring them to to your favorite bar. I mean, that's all I do is check in. Uh, you know, to your very verified venue in your city, 
uh, during the month of uh, of August, and you'll be contributing to that to the the effort to hopefully bring Greg right down the road from me, and you can hang out with him too and have some fun. He's a hilarious guy. Um, beyond being a big beer fan, he's just fun to hang out with. So it's up to you. Check in, go to your bar, check in two beers, maybe have sure. a flight. Get a local um, badge. Current leaderboards have um, Milwaukee and Denver kind of battling it out Ooh, for number nice. one. Nice. Um, we got Pittsburgh and Washington, D.C., and Raleigh, North Carolina, right. and Atlanta all kind of Ooh. fighting back and forth. Um, Great Nashville, markets. Tennessee, Minneapolis, Grand Rapids, Michigan. There you go. Not surprising. Um, we're always going to have the top 10 locations displaying their current check-in number again harris and i'll link this out in the show notes exactly um so keep your uh, you know keep your ear to the ground um and more importantly you know check in um go to it has to be it has to be in august it has to be a verified location that you check in your beers at but uh my only regret is that i won't be able to <laughs> to come no, on this trip know, with right, greg I know. I, honestly as a as an older man <laughs> it's probably also good that i right. won't be coming along exactly right there well i know right i don't know how i would yeah a bunch of different hotel rooms and a lot of mumbling of stuff. and sure drooling on myself exactly after right. six days and just falling asleep with the column of breakfast in the morning and whatever you know hampton in. I mean, that's kind of fun you know just don't let your waffle burn in the when the waffle iron if you take one piece of advice from uh, episode right. 56, no, it's don't right. let your waffle Just remember burn. you put the batter in. Don't walk away. Just stand there and wait. Um, so this Seven Cities tour, we're really excited about on the next episode. Uh, hopefully by then we're going to have updates on the seven cities that we're going to be visiting. Oh, yeah. um, we equals untapped and Greg Avola in mm-hmm. this case, not Harrison and I. Yet, as far um, as we but know. we will be talking about it in excess. <laughs> yeah. For the rest of the time, it's been a pleasure to drink beer and converse as it always is. We welcome your feedback. The show notes are going to be available generally wherever you've listened to and streamed this podcast. But you can get our official updates at podcast.untapped.com. If you have any questions or feedback, uh, go right to Untapped on social media. You'll find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or uh, join the Facebook group. Yeah, please do. It's fun in there. Um, where is that, Harrison? It's at facebook.com backslash drinking socially. And we will see you in two weeks. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.